there. It's another great day in Liberation Challenge. And it's just such a joy to be here with you again. So you are welcome again. One of the things we really want to zoom on in this challenge is the wholeness of your emotions and the health of your soul. So today our conversation is going to be focused around this discourse of emotional health and wholeness. And we're looking particularly at understanding and uncovering something called soul wounds. To do this, I have here with me today a dynamic lady who will be taking us on this journey to uncovering what soul wounds are and getting on the path to healing from them. Before we go ahead, I'd like to tell you just a little bit about her. Her name is Fumi Ayowole. Fumi Ayowole is multidimensional and she's happy to be recognized for a number of things, but mostly for her work in emotional health. Her personally coined term, soul coaching, and her devotion to resuscitating people's hearts back to vitality. Known as your soul coach, her mission is to consistently be a channel of restorative soul health to leaders through her passion, her story, and skills. Fumi runs the Soul Clinic, a tech-driven platform providing soul coaching and content for those in need. The Soul Clinic delivers individual and co group coaching programs. She helps build, pardon me, she helps clients build their soul strength mind, will, and emotions resulting in a high level of emotional independence, clarity, and ability to make decisions and consistently follow through in the direction of their dreams. Fumi is also a communications professional with over 12 years of experience providing client leadership in the market, marketplace working with a myriad of brands and clients in Lagos and now in Toronto, Canada. She's married to the love of her life and she is a super mom to two children. Fumi, you are so welcome. It's such a delight to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for agreeing to just be a part of what we're doing in Liberation Challenge. We're just so blessed and so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Miss Sani. <laughs> it's really great to be here. I'm super excited. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so we'll just kick right um, into the conversation. And the first thing that I really want us to talk about or uncover is what soul wounds really are. And I don't even want to preempt you because it, it, it almost feels like, oh, when you hear soul wounds, you should be able to, you know, sort of just, know what it is from from what what the name even sounds like but I want you to just really speak to it and just educate us what is a soul wound and how can a person even know if they have one yeah thank you thank you I'm really happy to be here and as you said let's dive right in mm -hmm. um before I answer the question of what are soul wounds um I don't want to presuppose that everybody who's listening knows what a soul is. Mm. So let's begin with that. You possess a soul. You as a human being possess a soul. Your soul is an ageless entity. And something for us to think about is 
before you were con- conceived in your mother's womb, you had a soul. Mm. In the biblical sense, your spirit cannot connect with your body without first linking up with your soul. Mm. So um, God, that is the Holy Spirit, dwells in your spirit. Yourself dwells in your soul. Mm. And your senses, that is taste, touch, um, sound, and all those physical senses dwell in your body. The term soul has been used since at least the 1800s to refer to the spiritual or immaterial part of a human being. It's that part of you that is immortal, ageless, Mm -hmm. never ceasing. Mm. And it originates from Old English. If we were to spell it, it will be S-A-W-E-L, Sawel. In Hebrew, it is known as Nefesh. In Mm. Greek, it is known as Psyche, from which we get the words psychology, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so interchangeably, when people refer to the soul, they talk about it as your heart and your mind. And just as a simple, um, uh, not definition, but breaking down the components of your soul, at the very least, your soul is composed of your mind, will, and emotions. Mm -hmm. Your mind is at the very, um, it's like at the beginning, you know, imagine a soul was like a multi-layered entity. The mind would be at the top layer because Mm -hmm. it is directly connected with your brain, which is connected with the outside world. Mm -hmm. And so your mind is made up of thoughts divided into conscious mind and subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna go into too much detail, don't worry. Um, (laughs) Your will is the seat of your decision-making that determines purposeful action. So your will is where you're able to say, I will do this. Mm -hmm. I desire to do this and I will do it. And you Mm -hmm. go ahead, you are strong-willed you go ahead to do it. And then your emotions are feelings, energy in motion, things that we can easily relate with. You're you're tired or you feel overwhelmed. We've we've learned a couple of times that even overwhelm is not an emotion. It's a result of um, not putting the right things in place. But other actual emotions include you're frustrated, you are happy, you are sad, you are excited. Mm-hmm. All those are examples of emotions. And so the soul is composed of those three major um, parts of you, your mind, mm-hmm. your will, emotion. That brings me to the definition of a soul wound. Mm-hmm. A soul wound is the, the residue of any pain that has remained or gotten stuck to your soul in your mind or will or emotions. And that residue acts as, that residue is a negative byproduct of Mm. adverse events or experiences. Mm. I will take that again. So soul wounds are residues. Just think about um, a physical wound right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. soul wound um is a a, um a residue or the 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 effect of a pain that has remained Mm -hmm. stuck to your soul Mm -hmm. 
mind, will, and emotions as a result of, or as a negative byproduct of adverse events and experiences. Wow. Your second question was, how do people know if they have soul wounds? Yeah. So, yeah. Do um, all of us have soul wounds? Do you feel like everybody has a soul wound or? <laughs> well, how so. do people know? I, yeah. That, okay. So, so I, I do personally believe that everybody will have some form of soul or has had hmm. some form of soul wound or the other in, in one way or the other, because life has a way of um, dealing with you. Even yeah. if you had perfect childhood, mm-hmm. you know, you may be exposed to somebody um, that may not be as good for you that may have negatively impacted on your soul. Yeah. And that's a, we'll break, we'll break it down a little bit more later, but mm-hmm. even if you were in the most perfect of environments, mm-hmm. it's life. life is not perfect. So yeah. You may have lost a loved one. You may have uh, scored low on a test. You may have been fired from your job. You may have mm-hmm. um, experienced something, gotten into a friendship where there was a betrayal of some sort. There, mm-hmm. always, there has so, something, something, because we are in such an imperfect world, something yeah. will happen that will create a soul wound. Now, the extent to which this wound um, is still, uh, hasn't healed in your life, it varies for all of us. Mm. But I do personally believe that every human has experienced a soul wound in one way or the other at some point yeah wow wow so Uh, yeah go ahead yeah so I was gonna ask how how a person can know if they have a soul wound because I feel like you know um we are just so great at masking our emotions and our feelings and people could carry you know so much pain and they could carry this intense pain for so long but then they've just learned to live with it and they've just learned to manage it and you know on the surface it just looks like everything is okay and they believe they actually believe that they are fine you know but those things are just still there how can a person actually know if they have a soul wound especially when it's not it doesn't seem so obvious yeah i like that i really like that question um there, there can be a couple of um, symptoms, I would say. Mm. Um, in my work as a soul coach, I tend to um, uh, do a direct comparison a lot of the times between the health of your body and the health of your soul, because I find that a lot of things can be, can be translated. You can sort of like think about the soul the same way and the health of your soul the same way you would think about the health of your body. So there are a couple of symptoms or um, indicators, things that, you know, if I, I find that I see it in a person just by them asking or them answering a couple of questions, mm-hmm. um, I can tell that something has happened to this person. This person has experienced some form of um, soul wound at some point or the other. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not they are now healed, right, is another matter, but at least with these symptoms that I will list out for you, I can tell that, or these indicators, I can tell that something has happened to them. Mm-hmm. First one would be um, falling out of love with God. Mm. Another one would be shame. And you know, the thing about shame is it's different from guilt. Guilt yeah. is when you feel bad for something and shame mm-hmm. is when you 
appropriate it to yourself and believe that mm-hmm. you are that bad person mm-hmm. because of what you did wrong. Yeah. And then other indicators include depression, where you have this dark cloud hanging over your head and you can not get yourself to, for longer periods of time, feel mm-hmm. happy from the inside. Mm. Um, a feeling of hopelessness is also an indication mm. of a full wound. Um, low self-esteem, mm. even overwhelm sometimes, it's, it, it can be indicative of a soul wound. Offense, wow. offense, when you're living in offense or unforgiveness, oh, for sure, that's mm. an indication of a soul wound. Um, low self-esteem can actually graduate to something that a lot of people try to deny, but whenever they take something I developed called this quick scan, and when you see it's indicated, it's called self-hate. A number of us that actually walk around and internally we hate the the me, we hate the us that we see. Yeah. You know, on the inside, we do not like ourselves. We, Mm. We actually hate ourselves. We may hate our bodies. We may hate our capabilities or lack of capabilities. We may hate the environment into which we were born or whatever it is that we're doing right now. But a lot of us actually, um, we, we are experiencing self-hate. Another mm-hmm. indicator is that feeling of being stuck where mm-hmm. you feel like there's nothing you can do to improve your situation. Yeah. Another one is if you're consistently feeling angry, mm-hmm. a rage bo- boiling or bubbling up inside you and sometimes you cannot tell why. Or sometimes you may be able to tell why, but you cannot control it, control the expression of the anger. Other indicators are anxiety or excessive worry, eating or drinking disorders, Mm. um, a a feeling of extreme loneliness, Mm. and excessive need for approval or acceptance. Wow. Mm. And then lastly, uh, suicidal ideation. Wow, this is this is quite. I'm I'm, I'm here taking notes because I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually taking notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is right. such this is such um this is such a rich list, and I feel like if people are being honest with themselves, they might be able mm-hmm. to find one, two, three things that really mm-hmm. resonate with them. You know, and I. Oh, I just, I really feel like if people can just be honest, you know, because we've just mastered this, this thing about masking our emotions that we're not just masking them, you know, and, and, and shielding our pain from everybody else. We're shielding our pain from ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're masking you get while well, masking our pain from our own selves mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I feel like that's just a, another level so if people can just really um be, be be open and honest with themselves and if you're listening here you know today this is just a good time to reflect and say hey which of these you know is currently manifesting in my life and just stick with us as we go along um, to further address this issue. Thank you for me. So the next thing I want to ask you is how important is self-awareness 
to emotional wholeness because we just talked about the fact that people often mask their pain and they mask their pain they they they, they mask it not just so other people are not seeing their pain but even so that they are not seeing their own pain right so i feel like you know self awareness is something that is often you, you know just missing in our lives and so it's hard for us to just know or to to um, pinpoint when things are not sitting right in our lives. But I, I just want us to hear it from you and, and to hear the extent to which um, this is important, right? So how important is self-awareness to emotional wholeness? That's the first part of the question. And then how can people learn to be more self-aware and in tune with the states of their hearts or soul? As as the case may be. Thank you, Tosin. That is um, <laughs> self-awareness, I believe very strongly, is the foundation. It is the very foundation. Think about building a house. Mm -hmm. If there is no self-awareness on your healing journey or mm. your emotional growth or healing, you're not going anywhere. It's not mm -hmm. even possible because you Self-awareness helps you to identify yes. things that are going on with you. Mm -hmm. I've, I have um, reeled out this list of indicators of sore wounds, yeah. but if you are still blinded, if you are still masked up to yourself, mm -hmm. you cannot see that, hey, it looks as though I am experiencing some of these indicators, then you'll be going around living a lie living a lie to others around you and living a lie to yourself. And yeah. that multiplies, it multiplies the, the adverse effects even more. Mm -hmm. Because if you're, if you're living a lie to yourself, you don't know what your triggers are. Yes. <laughs> Things are triggering you. You can't see and identify that, hey, maybe this conversation triggered me into mm -hmm. these kind of feelings or this person's action triggered me or something that happened today made me or um, reminded me of something that led to me feeling some type of way. Yeah. If you cannot identify, if you're not aware enough of yourself, of mm -hmm. where you are right now, your state of mind, your level of um, hurt, or pain mm. as of currently, as well as where you want to get to, that desired place where things don't hurt you as much. With mm. specific regard to the soul wound you have experienced though, mm. then things will be slapping you left, right, and center, and you will just be in that whirlwind. Mm. If you're living a lie to other people, then people will be hurting you and taking you for granted without even knowing. Yes. Because if you're not open and honest and vulnerable to the people that matter, mm. then you can just do whatever to you. It compounds, makes it worse. And you are, you'd be treating them mm. in such a way that will, as I, I'm using the word compound and multiply again. Yeah. And that's where we get that, um, that phrase, hurting people hurt people. Mm. Yeah, so self-awareness is the very, very 
foundation. It is at the base of your healing journey. It is like, it's not even step one. It is, it is uh, the foundation. It's about me to stand. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so the next question I think you asked, I love these, your questions. They're like, they are like loaded with like <laughs> children in between. <laughs> so um, the, your, your, your sub question was, uh, what are strategies to help yeah. increase our self-awareness? Yes, That's yes. fantastic. The mm -hmm. first one I would say is personality tests or assessments. Mm. I that sound, it, some of us may have heard these before. We've heard of it before, whether it's an Enneagram or a DISC assessment or a whatever, all the different names of different types. Just pick mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. and do it. Mm -hmm. That's the very first thing I would recommend. It will just mm -hmm. give you a baseline idea of the kind of person you are, how you show up in the world. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, it's helpful. It, it cannot be, you cannot, um, what's the word, what's the word? You can't ignore it. It just, it mm -hmm. gives, it arms you with information about you. Yeah. The second thing that I would say is journaling. Mm. Now the thing about journaling is that we've heard it so many times, but it's so important for us to practicalize it. Mm. Even in as little as 15 minutes per day, if you're able to write out things that, um, were emotionally relevant to you. So journaling is not diarizing. It's not just okay. every day writing out what happened in your day. I mm -hmm. ate food and, um, waffles, right? Or I went to the supermarket. No, we're not, we're not talking about that. That's diarizing. Journaling mm -hmm. is, at least for the sake of your emotional health, is writing out things that were emotionally relevant to you in that day. So it mm. could be a conversation. It could be something that you saw on Instagram or something as you were walking down the street, some form of revelation or some form of thoughts that came to your head as you saw a tree. I'm just using mm. that as an example, mm -hmm. right? So the point is noting down things, making a daily practice of journaling, noting down things that were emotionally relevant to you. Mm. The other thing I would say is wound-specific journaling. And that means if you have or you are in the process of exposing and examining a soul wound, something that happened to you that you are still in pain over or you still mm -hmm. feel hurt about, mm -hmm. you can journal specifically about that wound mm. describe the events down to the very last detail mm. so like looking through the eyes of an investigative reporter mm. about what happened you can go as as deep as what was this person wearing where mm. was i standing what day was it what time mm. of the day was it what was happening who was involved um where was so and so you know yeah to the very last detail that mm -hmm. really really helps um for for um it's almost as though you are releasing the tension of keeping that hurtful event within your memory mm. instead pour it out on paper mm. it yeah. helps with self-awareness on the journey to healing 
So yes. those three things, at the very least, I believe that um, they are extremely useful um, to mm. increasing self-awareness. Mm. Thank you so much for me. Thank you. That That's just so loaded. And for me personally, journaling has definitely, definitely helped me a lot in my journey to emotional wholeness. I remember you know, and for me, self-awareness is, is, you know, one of the, the key things that I'm just so grateful um, to God for that I have, you know, so I'm very quick to pick up um, if something triggers anything, you know, I'm, I'm very aware and I can name my emotions. I know what each emotion is, you know, and I'm, I'm just quick to address it. And journaling definitely really helps me um, on my journey, especially on those times when, you know, uh, you know, there, there are certain things that, you know, even as women, sometimes if we're honest, it, it will be as if we're being petty, especially when um, we're being triggered, you know, it could be a friendship with someone you really love, you know, and that person, like, like you said, that person just doesn't know that they're hurting you by, you know, behaving right. in certain ways or by, you know, saying certain things. And even you, you are, you are shy to tell them that what they're saying is hurting you because you worry that you're gonna be seen as, seen as petty. You worry that you're gonna be seen as immature or that you're gonna be you know, just seen as uh, too, just way too vulnerable, you know? But journaling, you know, just actually helps you unburdening at least first level, right? That first yeah. level of unloading and unburdening, I have found that it makes you, you know, just, free and then you can begin to put things in perspective and you can begin to you know just dispel the things that you need to dispel you know and see the things that you really need to work on it's it's actually um it's actually so important so if you're listening and you have never thought about journaling your emotions you actually should it act it does wonders it does wonders you literally feel yourself you know unburden and unload and it's, it's, it's a good thing to do for sure. So um, I, I'll move on to the next question that I wanna ask you today. Now, when a person has identified that indeed they have a soul, you know, in, um, they have a wound in their soul, when they have come to terms with the fact that, okay, there's something here, there's something that happened that I'm still hurting over, there is pain that I'm carrying in my heart. Um, what, what should they do with that information? How can people begin to address those wounds? How can people really begin to take care of those, those, those wounds that have festered for years? What does the person need to do to begin moving from that point of, of deep pain? <sighs> the million dollar question. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First thing I really want to establish is that it is a journey. Mm -hmm. mm. It, is, uh, it is a multi-layered work in progress. Yeah. I, I sincerely doubt that anyone is ever 100% healed. From mm. I sincerely doubt that. Mm. But I know that it is possible for you to get to a 90% place where mm. the memory of that event that created a soul wound doesn't mm. have, its it, it sting is lost. Yes. Mm. Yes, it's possible. So 
the first thing I would say is do that wound specific journaling. I mm. think very clearly that that is a number one step. Mm-hmm. Wound specific journaling. Um, mm-hmm. That means, as, as I said before, describing the event down to the last detail. Yeah. Let's take the case of, let's say you, it was an abuse mm. uh, or it was the discovery of a betrayal or some mm. infidelity, you know. Mm. So you describe all the events surrounding that event. You describe the person or persons involved. You describe what was happening, where you were, where you were what was going on, almost as though you're trying to pull out every last detail from your brain and dump it on paper. Mm. It really does help. It it really does bring bring relief and release to you. Mm. Mm. The next step um, is for you to identify the offender. Now mm. let's talk about it for a bit because with regards to soul wounds, there are three major categories of offenders. It could be life that offended you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that may sound a bit funny, but life <laughs> could offend you because yes. maybe for some reason uh, you lost a loved one. That's life. Mm-hmm. You can't blame yourself, right? Yeah. Or there was an accident or there was a sickness or mm-hmm. you, had to, you had to move to a new territory. You know, maybe yeah. you had to move to school or you had to move, relocate, live in, that kind of thing. So that is, when life offended you. Mm. The next one is self. Yeah. You could have offended yourself and that could come through broken self promises, uh, missed opportunities, mistakes that you made, bad choices that you made, you know, and also something you alluded to when we were um, just starting our podcast, it was the inner critic. Mm. And that inner critic, you know, can be really strong. You have the voice of the inner critic or inner judge could be so strong that it has um, so spoken so much over you that it's yourself that has wounded yourself. Yeah. And then the last one or the last offender category is third party. That's where abuse, offense, infidelity or betrayal, rejection, separation. Mm or divorce all those things that are from somebody else not you not life but another yeah. human being has mm. done so that i mean those are the three major offenders that you need to um identify mm. as in your step two mm. and then wow. the next thing is step three i would say is what are the implications of this soul wound on yourself Mm. This is where you need to be truly, truly honest. This soul wound, what has it done to me? Yeah. How has it changed my life or how has it impacted on my life? How has it impacted on my relationship with others, the decisions I've made, the things I have done? You know, some people who have experienced abuse, it Mm -hmm. has created such a domino effect on their lives where Mm -hmm. they, they see things from different perspectives, yeah. They make decisions because, I mean, it, it could be anything. They're trying to get approval or they're trying to avoid risk, you know, different mm-hmm. kinds of impacts that soul wounds have on yourself. But you have to be brutally honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. truthfully, all these steps that I'm giving, um, it's best done if you're doing it in, in under the guidance or leadership of a coach or a counselor. Yeah. 
yeah. it really, really helps. But, you know, I'm just giving these, these five steps. If someone wants to go at it alone, they're free to do so, but it would really help if someone else is helping or guiding you. Mm. And so you're thinking about the implications of those wounds, of the wound on yourself. Um, what has it done to you? The number four step would now for, would be for you to identify what does love now mean to you? Mm-hmm. Because you see soul wounds irrevocably has a way of um, changing your, your understanding and definition of love, mm-hmm. either in the giving or receiving of love. Yes. Whether you feel that you are uh, deserving of love or whether you feel like you are capable of dishing out or loving others mm. so that number four step is so important and these steps you'll do it over six to eight weeks you can do it over even six months depending mm. on how thorough you determine that you will be mm. So you're writing out what does love now mean to you? That presupposes that because you have um, dug deep and discovered the impacts of the wound on yourself, you know, what did I think about love in the past? Mm. How did I view love in the past? So it leads you to the step four, what does love now mean to you? Mm. So for someone who has experienced abuse, for example, they must be able to say and identify that love does not mean somebody else treating me badly. Mm. Love mm. means respect. Mm. Love means um, consideration. Yeah. And so on and so forth, right? Mm. Mm. It just depends and it's customized to the soul wound that you, are, you have experienced and the context in which you experienced it. Number five step would be setting boundaries for yourself and for relationships. Mm. I mean, that, that has so many things in there, but you, the, the most important thing for you to remember in that number five step is that you have to take responsibility for your self-care. Mm. It's you. Mm. So mm. If, if you need to set boundaries for you, first of all, I will do this. I will not allow myself to do this. I Mm. will be careful in this situation. I will do this or not, whatever. Your boundaries based on what you know that you need because this is what love now means to you. Yeah. And setting the boundaries also in your relationships. That means speaking out about your expectations. Mm. As nobody's a mind reader. Wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you may have all these boundaries for yourself and then you want to carry them into your friendships or relationships or marriage or, or, or whatever, but nobody's a mind reader. Mm. So yeah. even in a, in, a, in a work relationship, for example, they set the expectation that you will work from nine to five with a lunch break at 12. Mm-hmm example it is there it is an expectation if the if your boss expects you to work at 12 30 that it is clear that they are going out of the boundaries that have already been set by the expectations yeah so that's even in an official relationship in a a less official relationship or an informal relationship 
you may need to talk about your expectations Mm. or what what does what does it mean what will it be mean to you if i'm your friend Mm. how do you need to show up for you what are your non-negotiables what are the things that you cannot accept i i say to some of my friends tell me what is your love language Mm. so if i can be if i can be there for you maybe uh by supporting you on social media and you that will help you feel like i am your friend Hey, I'm here for it. Mm. If that's what will make you happy. If for other people, you just want me to listen, listen to all your voice notes. No problem. <laughs> I can do that. You know, <laughs> I can do that. But the point is expectations and relationships are customized, you know, and they need to be clear. Mm. Only help you and help the other person. Those are my f- five magical um, I call them my, my mm-hmm. magic five in the, in the <laughs> journey. But as uh, I said, it is multi-layered. Yeah. It's a work in progress. Yeah. It requires a lot of journaling and introspection. Introspection, yes. Because yes. you're doing all these things. You you will write. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will write. You will think. You will say to yourself, okay, what did I observe? What happened the last time when this happened? You Mm. know, how do I want to treat it now? Mm. And the thing about journaling is not for you to just write and dump. The thing Mm -hmm. about journaling is for you to make um, regular, uh, uh, how do you put it? You go back regularly to what you've written. Mm -hmm. That's where the awareness comes into play. Mm. it's not just about writing and dumping so if you can reread your journal for a month so let's say you start to journal now at the beginning of june at the end of june go back and read what you wrote mm-hmm. you'll discover even more about yourself mm-hmm. and then you do it in july and you read what you wrote for the month of july mm-hmm. and if you have some time over a quarter or over a six-month period read everything you will see a progression Mm. ah mm. that one is is super good yeah you will see a yeah. progression yeah it just that, and it really helps you to recognize your triggers just like you said yes yeah you know um just just flowing from everything you have said right now something just keeps coming back to my mind and, and i really feel like we need to address it how do you then um differentiate between Oh, how do I put this question? Triggers, right? How do you differentiate between when you are being, when when you're just coming from a place where you're not healed and you're projecting that lack of wholeness and lack of healing onto other people in terms of what your expectations are of them? You know, do you get what I'm saying? Like, how do you, what, how do you separate, you know, those two? those two situations where there's there's the part where you have to set boundaries you you know let your friends and your loved ones know what you expect of them you know there's that bit but there's also the bit or there could also be the bit where what you are actually projecting onto them are not healthy realistic expectations but they're flowing from a place of brokenness how do you manage both for me (laughs) how do you manage both Thank you for this um, Harvard question that you asked. <laughs> okay, me right Sorry, now. 
<laughs> All good. That's why I'm your soul coach. Yeah. So I know that I, and not to be flippant about it, but you know, when the Holy Spirit is, um, the Holy Spirit has given you something. Yeah. I truly believe that in this matter of, of soul mm-hmm. and, and traumas and triggers, I believe very strongly that there is a part of me that has been built for it. Yeah. So as you asked that question, the Holy Spirit was alerting me to the, 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 the concept of what you can and cannot control. Yeah. There is a difference between what you can control and what you cannot control. Mm-hmm. Now, taking your past and flowing from it to now deliver expectations to people that you're in relationship with, that is, as you have identified rightly, Tosin, that is unhealthy. Yeah. But the way to do it is when you are able to identify, excuse me, that within what you have um what you have defined as love these are the things that i can control this is what love looks like to me mm-hmm. this is what love doesn't look like to me mm-hmm. but in this spectrum i can control my reactions yeah i can control what i say what i do yes. what, what i do with what the other person says or does to me. Mm. I can control how I think and how I process an event. Yes. I cannot control the event itself. I cannot control any random act of either wickedness or kindness that is done to me. But I can control my reaction and how I process the event. When these things are clear, clearly delineated in your mind, your expectations for human beings would now be one of compassion. Mm. Because you can see that we are all fallen human beings. Yeah. It's perfectly perfect. Yes. And the way others react sometimes is as a result of them not being healed also. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in your mm-hmm. compassion, the patience grows. Mm. And even in the demands that you make, in, in fact, let me, let me rephrase that. Your demands will, will um, mature because you know that there are some things you really cannot ask of people. Yes. So I really would recommend that a, a person in that five magical step process the person Mm. really thoroughly does from number one to four a first before we start as you noticed that one was the very last before you start expectations and demands of other people yes yes Mm, i love that yes i love it i love how they you know i love how those steps layer upon one another such that by the time you're getting to level five Mm-hmm. even your expectations will be projecting those of someone who you know has healed to a to a level exactly right so that's that's really good and that's that's just such wisdom 
um, packed into your response. Thank you for me. Thank you for helping um, to clarify that. The next thing I want to ask you is this one I have to ask because most of our audience um, are believers, right? They're people who love the Lord, who believe in the saving and healing power of God, and who believe that they can um, just step into the finished work of Christ and claim everything that is theirs as far as healing is concerned. And we know that um, Jesus paid not just for the healing of our bodies but even for the healing of our souls and our emotions so and i know that you're a believer too so it's it's great because you can then (laughs) advise us you know just from the perspective of a child of god and of a coach of a of, of a soul coach can you heal without confronting your your pain can you simply name and claim your emotional healing. In your experience, have you seen someone just say, you know what, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus and all that pain, all that rape history, all that, you know, abuse and neglect and all that betrayal is gone in an instant. Nope. Or can you, (laughs) she went, nope. (laughs) Like, let's not even get it twisted. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. Don't. You, mm-hmm. I, I mean, not, not from the perspective of even the Bible, yeah. there is a, a point where you need to renew your mind. Mm. And that comes from pulling down strongholds. Do you know you what strongholds are? <laughs> strongholds are? <laughs> strongholds mm. are like rock. Strongholds. <laughs> yeah. Rock stratifications upon stratifications upon stratifications so sometimes you know and i said it is a multi-layered work in progress girl yeah yeah so you're you pull out one layer let's say the rape the impact upon yourself and of your soul was that your perspective was um one of the things you identified was that the perspective you have that all men only want Uh, what's between your legs yeah another perspective that you could have that you did not even know that you had would be that i am not worthy of love or to be gently and beautifully made love to Mm. in a committed relationship Mm. another perspective could be that you would feel that sex is always supposed to be gra gra Mm. And we're just, we just took rape as an example, right? Yeah. Another perspective could be, I'm not even worth anything. Yes. Or I brought it on myself, right? Or there's something about me that invites men or um, I have a seductive, te- mm. all sorts of things. Yes. And that is just one soul wound. And I've, ju- and I've just said these five perspectives from the top of my head yeah there are layers upon layers upon layers mm. strongholds that are built up in your mind mm. as a result of a soul wound that cannot just be named and claimed i'm sorry mm. <laughs> and casting down strongholds yeah. yes there's a place for prayer yes but you have to even identify what you are praying for in it thank you yes you gotta identify what you're praying for. 
yeah even even when you you are praying for the healing of your body are you not specific mm-hmm. when we are applying faith and when we are praying the word of god let's say to something a part of our body we will speak yes. to that part of the body we yes. will speak to that pain we will speak yes. to that diagnosis yes isn't it very absolutely good. so no you can't just name and claim it is a process. It is a multi-layered work in progress. And truthfully, um, Jesus died for our all-round healing. Mm-hmm. But he also, there's a, we also need to apply wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge. It has to be targeted. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. That really does answer, you know. And what came to my mind is that the, the beauty about embracing the finished work of Christ, as far as your emotional healing is concerned, is in knowing that you are now walking through this from a process place of victory. from yeah. a place of victory and knowing that you are already healed. And because yep. you are healed, that process is going to yield a manifestation yes. Of that healing that has already been perfected for you. You got it. Yeah. So we are not being foolish Mm-mm. about this whole process and saying, hey, we're going to leave, you know, the, the we're going to, you know, ignore the process and all of that. No, no, we are wise and we're still people of faith while at yep. it. Thank you. Thank you for helping to just really clarify that for someone who could be asking that question today. All right. Um, Now let's talk about forgiveness, you know, because when we're talking about um, soul wounds, you already identified that there are offenders, whether it is life or whether it's yourself or other people, there are offenders, you know, as far as um, soul wounds are concerned. So I know for certain that in our journey to healing, there is a space where, um, the, the, the matters of forgiveness, you know, will just come to bear. So uh, I just want, you know, us to speak to it a little and, and just um, help people understand what really is forgiveness and how important is it to healing? I'm asking what is forgiveness? Because even though it's a word that we throw around a lot, I feel like there could be just so many misconceptions about what forgiveness really means, what, what it really means for you as the person who needs to, to forgive. Um, and we also need to clarify, forgiveness, is it a decision that you make or is it a process? So are you unforgiving? If, for instance, you still get upset and get mad each time you remember the past, what exactly does forgiveness um, look like as far as healing from emotional wounds are concerned? Hmm. <laughs> okay, so what are we going to call this question now? Oxford, since Oxford. the other one was Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my darling. Okay, so let's use a very practical example. Say someone's wife cheated on him mm-hmm. that and, and we break it down into the different components mm-hmm. the event was that maybe he found his um he found um texts and um, intimate conversations on his wife's phone mm-hmm. with another another um, man mm-hmm. um And that has led to a soul wound, that feeling of betrayal and infidelity. Yeah. So he is striving now to forgive 
his wife. Yes. Forgiveness is not just something in my opinion. <laughs> and please uh, feel free to uh, loop in as, as you need to when I'm done. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness is not something that um, is immediate. I really, really doubt it, especially mm. when it comes to soul wounds. Mm. Forgiveness is you letting go of the need to see that person punished. Yeah. That yeah. person punished, meaning for that person to experience the hurt you also, you experienced before. So let's use the, the cheating example. Mm -hmm. Mr. A that found Mrs. A cheating on him. Mm -hmm. When you know that he has forgiven her is when he has completely let go of the need to inflict hurt mm. on her, commensurate mm. hurt back on her. Yeah. yeah. Whether yeah. by, oh, he wants to send her packing as a punishment, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. he wants to cheat on her also so that she will feel how it feels. Mm. Right? Or yeah. he wants to uh, report her to the family so that everybody will know that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is when he has let go of that need to hurt her. Mm. And it doesn't come easy. Yeah. Right? So I've defined forgiveness for you and we have used it in the context of um, when it's another person that is um, the offender, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that process of forgiveness, a lot of the times as Christians, um, it, people just, they just sweep it under the carpet. Yeah. They even rush to get to this place that I'm about to tell you, which mm -hmm. is about knowing that you also need forgiveness. So you must mm -hmm. forgive, right? Yeah. That is biblical. It yes. is biblical. However, you don't just rush to get there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it comes with confronting exactly what happened and what that offender's role was in that thing that happened. Sometimes with forgiveness, you don't even know that you're carrying that grievance or hurt yeah. against the person and you must be able to confront it. And mm -hmm. if, if maybe the person is uh, older than you or you, you, you have the or duty of um, respect or honor for them, mm -hmm. maybe parents or it's someone um, uh, in your family or even a husband or a wife, sometimes your confrontation can be between you and your journal. Mm. So you don't necessarily need to go and say, hey, you hurt me in so-and-so place. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, it is advisable that you have a face-to-face -face conversation with that yeah. person. Mm. And it doesn't mean that after the conversation, automatically you would forgive. Mm. It's still a step in the journey. Yeah. Because the reaction of the person could backfire. Exactly what I was going to say. Like, what, what if this person is not even, is not in the list? Exactly. The person may not be sorry. The person may not be aware. The person may yeah. not think what they did was yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's so many. I, I truly cannot give one answer to fit all contexts, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it is advisable to have that conversation. Um, mm. And if you cannot have the conversation, have the conversation with your journal. Yeah. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. think about when I, I, there's something that I, I 
created when I'm doing group coaching with a number of clients, especially mm-hmm. those that have experienced infidelity or betrayal or, you know, third party um, soul wounds. Mm-hmm. I, I do something called an offender table where they, they write out who it was, what the person did, what is their current relationship with the person right now. Mm. And then I, I help them and carry them on a visualization exercise where every single punishment they can think about, mm. what is the worst that you want to happen to this person? <laughs> Write yeah. it down. What is that worst thing? Maybe you want the person to be thrown in jail or you want the person to be beaten by um, uh, military men, <laughs> you know? Or you want to be able to look that person in the eye and shoot them. Yeah. All sorts of things can come up, you know? Or you say you want that person to also be raped or whatever, mm. right? You write down what you thought about. Mm. Then you now think about ways that you have offended other human beings. Mm. It's gradual, it's gradual, but it's deep. And it's it's something that should be done. You take your time and think about ways you have hurt other people. Mm. And acknowledge that you are also not perfect. Yeah. And someone somewhere may also be thinking about the worst thing they can do to you. Mm -hmm. Punishment you can also receive. Mm -hmm. And then symbolically, I make my clients draw a cancellation line. Yeah, mm. offender table. Wow, that is so powerful. It's symbolic, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's a time of, of course, I mean, there will be emotions running high. People will be crying. It's, mm. it's, it is, it is powerful. It is, um, mm. it is, uh, what's it called? It's, 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 it's heavy. Yeah. And it's not that, truthfully speaking, it's not that it, uh, magically after that event, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. call, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's at least a very step in the right process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love how practical your answer is. I love how real it is. I feel like a lot of people will be able to, um, to just really connect with what you're saying because you see again for us believers um sometimes people and church folks and religious people almost just make you feel bad for hurting because they're just they're saying you're being unforgiving you know and you're carrying grudges and you know people just are not aware of the extent to which you know certain wounds you know just caught yeah i feel like it's just so important that we that 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 we set things straight indeed you you do have to forgive it's not negotiable not just not because of the other person of course we know for your own healing right you have got to let go and i feel like it definitely starts with that decision that I do forgive, but then everything else that comes after that decision to forgive is a process that yep. you must embark on so that you will, whether you, that, that you're going to forgive is not the question. You will forgive. You have to forgive. You have to make the decision that I forgive, you know, I, I let go of my need I, to punish exactly, that person. Exactly. To see bad come upon them, to wish yeah. them evil. Exactly. Exactly. 
every other thing is a process that you have to embark on. And like we said, uh, you know, just at the start of this challenge, we said that the work of liberation is deep work. If you are here expecting that some miracle is going to happen or some magic is going to happen, I am so sorry to disappoint you. It is deep work. It is a process and true lasting liberation can only happen when you really do put in the work and partner with God to see the fulfillment of the liberation that you so desire. So thank you for me. I'm on to my final, final, final question. And this one is just, you know, so that people can track their transformation. How can a person know that they're on the path of healing? What will be going on in someone's life that will be proof that healing is taking place in their life? Whoa. So what's the best university in Nigeria, in your opinion? Maybe Covenant University. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come for me or you guys. Okay, um, I'm not even well, going to... you don't agree. I, I, I don't agree, but I'm not going to get on that table. Don't okay. worry. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a best university in Nigeria question. <clears throat> <laughs> now, um, I would say that there are a couple of emotional or psychological um, telltale signs mm-hmm. that begin to dwindle when mm. you are on the path to healing yeah physically speaking if you are still experiencing a racing heartbeat mm-hmm. difficulty concentrating mm-hmm. edginess or agitation mm-hmm. aches or pains muscle tension fatigue mm-hmm. um even insomnia and nightmares mm-hmm. when the whole matter or event is the the memory of it is uh triggered in your mind or you are in an environment that triggers that um that experience the past Mm -hmm. experience you are healing from if you are still experiencing these physical symptoms that i have described Mm -hmm. then we know that okay there's still more work to be done yeah other psychological um, symptoms or telltale signs are when you're really experiencing a lot of guilt, shame, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or self-blame, mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety or fear, yeah. like a worry loop going on in mm-hmm. your mind mm-hmm. and you're living and relieving something that has not happened or something that happened in the past and it's going over and over and over in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, intense anger or irritability and mood mm-hmm. swings mm. you know difficulty concentrating that can be a physical and psychological effect feeling disconnected or numb mm. because that's not how you were made or wired mm-hmm. feeling sad or hopeless and withdrawing from others mm. a lot of these telltale signs you know, indicate to us that you're not yet where you, where you should be and where you should be could be like 80% healed. Mm. And even that, I mean, to be able to say, oh, I'm 80% healed, as you have rightly said, so seen, it's a lot of work. Yeah. 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 
and mm-hmm. it, it really comes with being honest with yourself so you mm-hmm. may not be able to pronounce and say i'm 80 percent healed mm-hmm. but those telltale signs that i just listed out you know mm-hmm. it, it gives you an indication that okay i still have to do a bit of work yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay so um yeah so you've told us um that you know there are telltale signs that you know just sort of let people know that there's still a lot of work to be done but how do people then know that indeed they're actually getting at the percent mark well or they're in in the on the journey yeah i I yeah 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 i I get what you mean uh tosi Mm -hmm. i i would say that it's when the sting of the pain and hurts mm-hmm. is gradually reducing. Mm. When mm-hmm. you thinking about the events doesn't bring these telltale signs in intensity. In intensity. And it's really only you that can tell mm. that this thing was, was intense, 100% intense before. Mm. And now I would say it's about 60. And then two months later, maybe it's about 40. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a personal thing. It really is. Because sometimes when I talk to um, my clients at the beginning of, we do like a, the scan at the beginning of the journey. Mm-hmm. And then when, we, when we're at eight or 12 weeks later mm-hmm. and they do the scan again, you can see the marked difference. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so it's personal. And you know, um, it, it, a couple of people would would have like scientific ways to measure it. But mm. something I created is the quick scan, the social mm. scan that everyone can always um, take for free. Can you can you tell us more about that? How can people access that quick mm. scan? Okay, it's just a Google form for now. Um, okay. Within the next four weeks, it will be, it will be hosted on the virtual soul clinic, which is that big technological platform that um, Mm -hmm. I and a couple of team members are creating. Mm -hmm. Um, And the quick scan in itself is made up of uh, a couple of questions that will take you about eight to 10 minutes to Mm -hmm. answer. Mm. And we answer them as honestly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we have divided um, the responses into categories to, to feed categories. Mm. And those categories are uh, those measurement indicators that I spoke about mm-hmm. at the very beginning, the ones mm-hmm. of falling out of love with God, shame, depression, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm. So, and, and they come in percentages. So yeah. sometimes you could be scoring high on anxiety and excessive worry, but mm-hmm. you could be scoring completely zero in suicidal ideation. Mm. Or scoring high in low self-esteem coupled with self-hate. Mm. Know that, okay, there's something that is fundamental to your identity, how mm. you see yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the point is uh, the quick scan and the results of the quick scan um, helps you it's it, i would even say it's it's a number one number four um step or number four resource for self-awareness mm. you remember when we talked about the three things the first thing yeah. I, I talked about was a personality test the other mm-hmm. one was journaling regularly the third one was wound centered journaling and then the fourth mm-hmm. one would be the quick scan yeah 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as I said, it's a survey, um, a couple of questions, eight to 10 minutes, you answer it, you get your results. For now, you get your results within four to five days, because mm-hmm. I personally analyze every result and wow. with uh, recommendations wow. for resources or next steps. Mm. Wow. Such, such amazing work you're doing for me. Such I mean, you having to analyze personally, that's a lot of soul you're putting into your soul coaching. (laughs) You got it. You got it. (laughs) Exactly. That's a lot of soul. Thank you so much, Pumi. And um, I'm definitely going to be getting that link from you so that people can have access to it and just, you know, really take advantage of that. I'm sorry? I said, and it's for free. (laughs) I mean, how is that even for free, guys? Guys, (laughs) thank you for me. God bless you. We are so grateful to you for all the work that you're doing and for just sharing um, so liberally with us today. We really appreciate you. Thank you for your time and thank you for this depth of insight that you have now given us to go and sit with and unpack in our learning and accountability group later today. We are so grateful and we look That's forward so to having you even in the boot camp to just mm-hmm. to just dive deeper. And I'm just really happy for those of you who are gonna register and sign up for the boot camp because we are just going to really dive into some of you know the practical things that we have shared today. And I really just am looking forward to seeing the manifestation in flesh of your liberation that has already been perfected. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. And we really love and appreciate you all. Thank you for me again and again. So grateful. You're welcome to Athene. It's my absolute pleasure to do this with you. All right. Okay, everyone. See you in the learning and accountability group where we get to unpack these germs. Have a lovely day. Bye for now.